In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 weight loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to Awaken180WeightLoss.com. Andy, you made this. What is going on, all of you beautiful listeners? Welcome back to The Dagger, the podcast where we cover all things NBA and the top news in all of basketball. I am Taylor Call. I am joined by the boys, Dion Franklin, BJ Johnson. Say what's up to the people. What's good? What up? Quick reminder to follow us on social media at the Dagger Podcast to interact with us and keep up to date with everything we got going on. So today... Trouble in Nolens. That's how you pronounce it, right? Nolens. Zion Williamson and the Pelicans. What's what's good with that? Zion on his way out sooner than we thought? Something something's amiss. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be talking about Zion today. Some drama going on in the big easy. Nets take it to the Bucks last night. It's just one game. But are we worried about the Bucks? They should be stepping on the gas right about now. We worried about the Bucks going forward. Plus, Kyrie is going to be able to play home games soon. Is that going to make the Nets put them back into title contention? Talk about that. And we have some predictions for down the stretch in the season. We got about 20, 25 games left. So we're going to be making some predictions for down the stretch, as well as our five games of the week. But first... You guys already know how it works. We got some awards to give out. Hooper of the Week. Good Hustle Award. Dion, hit me with your Hooper of the Week. All right. So Hooper of the Week for me is a guy on a new team uh, that recorded 27 points, 8 rebounds, and 12 assists in his first game. 29 points, 10 rebounds, 16 assists in his second game. Both Ws. And that is James Harden. God this man, that was my. I was like, God damn it! Ah, shit! <laughs> no, go for it though. But uh, I mean, he shot no more than fourteen shots in each game. I think he went seven for twelve and eight for fourteen, both above fifty percent. Not turning the ball over as much. He looks like a whole new man. Looks like he was playing bad on purpose almost, because this is a basically Houston James Harden. He also had five steals today. That's insane. So. Turn over a new leaf, and I I really like the new Philly team with him. I'm really excited. Yeah, they they look unstoppable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they look like really hard to guard. They they look like they've been playing together for five years already. Yeah, I mean, a motivated James Harden is nice. Mm-hmm. He's nice. There's no doubt yeah. about it. 
and he's turning like Joel's like attitude too. Like he's actually laughing mm-hmm. now and like yeah, they're having fun. <laughs> yeah, having yeah. fun. Yeah. I mean, we'll see if the motivation sticks, but mm-hmm. didn't take long to go sour in Brooklyn. But I mean, <laughs> looks like a new man. His hamstring is fine. His yeah. outlook on life is great. <laughs> he's balling out. Yeah. So absolutely pretty deserving. BJ, who's hooping? So my good hooper uh, is actually a teammate of James Harden. That would be one young Tyrese Maxey. Yes. Yep. Got it. Up. Yes. Balling in his second year right now. I think he put up 28 against the Timberwolves on Friday night. Then he put up 21 on the Knicks today. But he, um, I think he might have overtaken Tobias Harris as that third uh, third option on the 76ers right now because he looks comfortable out there. He's scoring at will. And he plays his role. And he has a good attitude. I feel like he's going to really learn a lot from James Harden. And um Philly might have a low key big three if the way Maxie's playing. So shout out Tyrese Maxie. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was going to make that point today. Like, Sixers look good, and Tyrese Maxie is a big part of that. Yeah, like, he's scary. It's, it is scary hours out there because I was looking at the game. I was watching the game today, and I was looking at Tobias Harris, and he looks like yeah. washed. Yeah. He's driving, <laughs> getting the ball ripped up. Like, is is ugly for him, but Tyrese Maxey is filling in for that third option, and I don't know how he's done it so quickly, so quickly, mm-hmm. and to fit with Joel Embiid and James Harden in the, on the same team. Props, big props to Tyrese. See, we don't always get it right on this podcast, but when it came to the 2020 draft class, we were pretty spot on. There were three things outside of the top three that we said for sure. Number one. We don't like Patrick Williams. Number two, <laughs> we love Tyrese Halliburton. And number three, we like Tyrese Maxey. Tyrese. Okay? <laughs> we tried to tell you guys two years ago, Tyrese Maxey, Tyrese Halliburton. Here we are. Yeah. I mean, Patrick Williams isn't a bum, but he's been hurt. And he hasn't been that great either. At all. The pass up on those two guys for Patrick Williams. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mistake. <laughs> Big time. I can't believe that was almost like a year and a half ago that we did. That was one of our first episodes. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like we were pretty spot on. Like, we liked yeah. James Wiseman. We were worried about the injuries. Mm-hmm. We knew Lonzo Ball was a sure thing. And we loved Anthony Edwards. Like, yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> so, in short, I give this good hustle or this Hooper of the Week award to us. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but I, I love Tyrese Maxey. The the way he plays is infectious. Yeah. He has infinite stamina. He is constantly going up and down the court. I mean, he just plays with a joy that's just really infectious. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And he listens. He's coachable. Like he's been like yeah. Talk River's been doing a marvelous job. Like they were talking about a play today where he was sitting in the corner, like. Just wait for the ball. It's going to get to you. And he just faked the dude out and just one dribble and float like a floater from the baseline. It was amazing. Yeah. Love Tyrese Maxey. Huge fan of that. My Hooper of the Week is a guy. I don't know if you've heard of him. Um, he's been pretty good this year. Um, but I don't know if you've heard about him. But my good Hooper has to go to DeMar DeRozan. I don't know how many other good Hooper awards he's gotten this year. It's still not enough. This guy is an absolute machine. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought he would cool off a little bit after the All-Star break. No. Nope. His last, like, <laughs> 10 games, let me just read this off to you. 31, he really struggled in that one. Um, <laughs> yeah. 37, 38, 40, 38, 35, 36, 38, and 45. Mm-hmm. I mean, DeMar DeRozan is just built different. Although, I have beef because the Chicago Bulls Twitter account was trying to say that DeMar DeRozan is the king of the fourth. I'm sorry. You have to come up with a different nickname. I'm not disputing the clutchness. You can't just take Isaiah Thomas's nickname like that. You can't do it. You got to find something else. But, yeah, he's clutch as hell. They call Isaiah king of the fourth. I, yeah. Back when I didn't even know. I didn't even know that. The king of the fourth. <laughs> I've never heard that once about Isaiah Thomas. Not ever. <laughs> Look it up. I promise. I don't know you name. You don't just get to reclaim a nickname after a certain amount of time. Get your own. But, I mean, DeMar DeRozan is just an animal. Yeah. For as much as he shoots, he's still shooting 52% from the field. Mm-hmm. I mean, Joel Embiid is a center and takes a lot of shots in the paint, and even he isn't shooting 50%. Like, DeMar DeRozan is just an animal this year. Best season of his career by quite a bit, and it's coming in his 30s. Unbelievable. It's, it's amazing. Like, he's just turning over a new leaf. Like, bas- to me, this is probably his best basketball he's ever played in his career. Yeah, there's and no way. In an era where it's dominated by three-pointers, he's just sticking to his guns. Just keep it, keep working that mid-range, mm-hmm. and it goes the in lone, every fucking time. Yeah, the lone mid-ranger. They used to yep. call me, when he was at the Spurs, a lone mid-ranger. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's this, a great movie. This is no Kyle Lowry slander, but I mean, it helps that Zach Levine is the best player he's ever played alongside. Like, Absolutely. Kyle Lowry is a great leader, but he's not the caliber of player yeah. at any point that Zach Levine is. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they m- might be the best one two punch in the yeah. league. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. So I saw a friend yesterday from, on National Marquette Day. He was in town from Chicago and he was at the game where DeMar at the game winner just the other night. And he said he dapped up. Demar sideline. Demar told him, "Watch this <laughs> before he hit the game winner." I was like, "Of course he did." No shot. Was it Vincent? No, it was uh, Teo. Oh, oh. The, oh okay, Teo. okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so he was like, "Yeah, yeah like Demar dapped me up for the game winner." Was like, "All right, just watch <laughs> this real quick." I was like, "That's, that's so savage." That's <laughs> so crazy. By all accounts, quality dude too. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. hard hard not to root for him. Yeah, I was skeptical about the Demar Derozan MVP hype, but he should be getting a lot. Hey, I had a, I, I think me and V had him in our top five. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah I, I kind of thought he was going to fall off, but no, he's ramping up somehow. Mm-hmm. Oh, averaging yeah. twenty-eight points yeah. a game. And Chicago's not even healthy, and they're still yeah. top two in the East. They're missing two key pieces, like Lonzo and Caruso are two key pieces. And Levine was out for a minute, but I mean, mm-hmm. Demar Derozan mm-hmm. is just taking over. Yeah, so got got to give it to him. Absolutely. All right, let's get negative. My good hustle award. I mean, at this point, it's just getting sad. It really <laughs> is. It's just sad. This good hustle award goes to Antonio Brown, and he's starting to stack him up. Um. <laughs> So Antonio Brown, on his way out of his dramatic exit of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, made some pretty serious allegations about the coaching staff, about the GOAT, 
about pretty much anybody he, whose name he could remember on his way out of Tampa Bay. And one of the accusations he said was that he was too hurt to go in and Bruce Arians, the coach, told him to suck it up and get in the game anyway. And because Bruce Arians was intentionally trying to hurt him, he had no choice but to retire right then and there. Um, as plausible as that sounds, um, I don't really buy it. And a lot of people don't buy it. So Antonio Brown took to social media. I mean, what other choice does he have, right? And took to social media and he posted a picture of an x-ray of his ankle, which is what he um, injured and was he was claiming is the reason he couldn't play. Um, ignore all of the footage of him from the game and him being able to cut and you know run routes. Ignore all of that. We're just going to take AB's word on this. So and as proof, he posted the x-ray and he said, they tried to hurt me intentionally, sent me out there after knowing I was still hurt. Tom said he would throw it if I came, would throw it, it if I came to play hurt, I came. And he goes on, ending it with, fuck all of you motherfuckers, still can't <laughs> stop me at NFL. <laughs> but Antonio, there's only one problem with this proof that you posted on social media the picture you posted of the x-ray the x-ray clearly says that it's from october 15th of 2021 and if you're counting that's a full eight weeks before the jets game that you were too hurt to play in two months two months that's the proof right x-ray from two months before Things are spiraling out of control. Is it, not is a break, a- mind you. No break. It's not like it's a broken ankle, a minor sprain, low ankle sprain, and he had two months to rehab it. At this point, I mean, we were talking about it in our group chat. It's just sad. Like, this guy needs attention. He's so delusional that he cannot accept the fact that he just quit on his team, which is fine. I mean, this is a free country. You can quit if you want to. Nobody's going to put a gun to your head and make you play football. Mm-hmm. But for you to go out there and just blame everybody else and genuinely believe that to your core is just something else. And to the point where you have, everyone has to believe that you're right and you're going to post fake evidence to try and make these outlandish allegations against an organization that took a chance on you. Uh, it's just sad. Clearly his brain is riddled with CTE and I hope he gets the help that he needs soon because this is just sad. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's not like he's delusional. He needs to get some help. Like, absolutely ASAP. He's literally trying to pull the wool over all of our eyes, trying to act like he just took this x-ray and, <laughs> like, look, I'm still hurt. Hey, like, at the very least, cut off the date, dude. Like, yeah. If you to, like, yeah. <laughs> like, the evidence you tried to show us is, like, I mean, fake is a strong word, but for the argument you're making, it's fake. Like, mm-hmm. It's not from the injury you're talking about. So, I mean, Antonio Brown, good good hustle. Like, big time. <laughs> we're going to be talking about him in, like, five years of, like, it's it's too bad, you know. It's too bad yeah. about Antonio Brown. Yeah. You hate to see it. He's quickly establishing himself as one of the good hustle of the year candidates. That's I mean, yeah. Saying. He's okay. <laughs> between the vaccine card and the retirement and the fake evidence and – yeah it's mm-hmm. making an early statement yeah. yep so antonio good hustle out there not not buying the evidence in quotation marks all right vj who's who's hustling um i hate to kick people when they're down but get them 
that's kind of what we do here i don't if you're new here he's being facetious that's totally what we do here like what is the high road what does the high road even mean yeah i don't even know what that is (laughs) never heard of it i gotta give a good hustle to the new york knicks death kick away have been god awful basically all season um I just looked at it. They are one and nine in their last 10 games. They lost five straight. And the only reason I got to have on this point is because Stephen A said something very interesting the other day, as he is a New York fan through and through, who has quit on them several times, but hopped back on the bandwagon, but then quit again. And I watched this because I saw Donovan Mitchell playing today, and Stephen A pointed out that back when Phil Jackson was running the Knicks, they had a chance to draft Donovan Mitchell, but instead, they chose Frank Nittlekina, who now I don't even think plays anymore. <laughs> but it's just the accumulation of sadness for the Knicks is going exponentially high. Because now Kimba Walker, they have agreed, you're just not going to play the rest of the year. Don't know what that's about. Um, Tom Thibodeau seems to do, – he does not like Cam Reddish, even though they traded for him from the Hawks. And then Derrick Rose just had a setback for injury again. So it's just – it's just going all down here for the Knicks, and it looks like the you know everything we thought about them was totally incorrect, and they're back to what they were before they got good. So, good hustle, New York Knicks. Oh, big time! And it's like it seems like he's making excuses. That's all bullshit. Like what mm-hmm. Tom Thibodeau is saying. Like we 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 were fooled for a second, but I'm gonna like we have to go back to our initial statements where we said he's not a good coach. Because he had one good season, not even good, because like they got kicked their ass kicked in the playoffs, but mm-hmm. decent season. Uh, and now he's making excuses. Like, why wouldn't you like Cam Reddish? You traded for him. That just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And like, why would you sit out Kemba Walker for the season? That that's the, just that's just stupid. You're you're paying him to sit down. At least buy him out so he can go play somewhere Something. else. That's, that's just that that's just stupidity. And and I don't understand why Kemba is not. He also agreed not to get bought out. That doesn't make sense. Like, what 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 is really going on there? Yeah, you have a struggling star. Uh, the coach that get, gets mad at all the young players as soon as they make one mistake. The situation is back to two years ago. Mm-hmm. It's like last year never happened. Yeah, exactly. when the Knicks when the Knicks hired Tom Thibodeau, I said that I didn't understand how Tom Thibodeau still had a job. And this is why the Knicks were the Knicks. And then I took that back when they did pretty good last mm-hmm. year. But now I'm taking back the take back and I'm sticking with what I said originally. <laughs> taking which back is Tom, back. Tom Thibodeau has his cycle, right? He gets a young team to believe in themselves. He gets them to work hard. But then he overworks them. He breaks down their confidence and he can't get them out of the depths. Like he has destroyed mm-hmm. Cam Reddish probably forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't think Cam Reddish is ever going to get his confidence back. And maybe he was garbage the whole time, but we'll never know because Tom Thibodeau, by refusing to play him in the middle of a season that you should be pretty much tanking at this point. Like, why wouldn't you try something different? Nothing you're throwing out is working. Clearly. I mean, it's just his pride. He didn't want him. And so he's going to make the point and just not play him. So, I mean, Tom Thibodeau is garbage. They should call Mark Jackson. Absolutely. I think the Knicks should call Mark Jackson, former Knicks, and get him in. Thousand percent, one thousand percent, absolutely. Yeah, I no clue. Tom Thibodeau is. Yeah, come on, man. Yeah, <laughs> get your shit together, dude. I mean, 
Nix, things look pretty bad, but I have one word and two syllables that should cheer you up. R.J. Barrett. Yes. Yes. Literally. He's nice. Yeah. He is real hang nice. On to the, hang on to him for your life. Real nice. I, I wonder if Zion's going to go there, but we're going to talk about him. Oh, Ooh, foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. Dion, who's hustling? So I got a fresh good hustle. I, exactly from today <laughs> uh, it's more of a blooper uh and this happened today in the suns jazz game the suns were down by three and the jazz had the ball donovan mitchell shoots a three jay crowder gets the rebound everything is cool everything is fine the thing is there's five seconds left and you're going for a three you know and you pass the ball to the dude that you that can't dribble cam johnson cam johnson passes passes it back because he gets pressed and passes it back to Jay, Jay Crowder. And what does Jay Crowder do? Shoots a bullet into the stands, <laughs> trying to get Devin Booker <laughs> with two seconds left and loses the game. And then starts laughing. Why did, Why was he laughing? Like, what the fuck, bro? You just threw away the game. I mean, if you haven't seen it, I cannot overemphasize how bad this pass was. <laughs> We're talking about, like, he attempted a lob pass to another player on the court, but then lobbed it over his coach, his bench, the scorer's <laughs> table, and then into the stands. Like six rows. We took a six Not row. even close. <laughs> yeah. Like, if it was a shot, it would have been over the shot clock, like, that bad. I was just confused. I was watching the game. I love the Suns, because I was yeah. watching the game, and it just didn't make any sense to it. Yeah, I was like, what are you doing? Why are you throwing a Hail Mary pass to a guy, like, just <laughs> six feet away from me? What are you Mind doing? you, he wasn't even getting pressed. Like, there was nobody on Jay Crowder. He was by himself, and he just... He's like a controller disconnected mid-pass. You know, like, come on, bro. He must have <laughs> put, put down some money on the, on the Jazz or something. It's like that pass that you make in 2K where you didn't mean to pass it to him. You know, like, no, shit, shit. Not him. Yeah. I meant, delete, I meant delete, triangle. Delete. <laughs> I wanted triangle, these stupid controls. Yeah. It was bad. Yeah. I mean, can you tell Dion's just upset that the Jazz won? Like, shut up, DC. We don't have to talk about that. <laughs> it, was, it was a bad week, dude. It's been a rough twenty-four hours. The Bucks lost last night. The Mavericks are getting smoked by the Warriors as we speak. The Celtics lost to the Pacers. Hey, it's, watch it. We're not getting smoked. We down by ten. I mean, you're down fifteen, but don't worry about it. Okay, fourteen. <laughs> 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 it's been a rough 24 hours for us so if we seem a little bit jaded that would be why that's absolutely right. why <laughs> that's a thousand percent why <laughs> all right i mean the celtics had like 12 three, games, three days shout out to the nba for that appreciate that schedule fire sunday oh, yeah. that's, that's what i was gonna bring up like what what the hell is going on i don't know it was like the christmas <laughs> so fucking random. yeah before. why do we have four games today not that i'm complaining for one yeah, second like, damn all prime time like, yeah what holiday is it like am i missing something <laughs> christmas yeah. was three months ago happy pre-march madness yeah. <laughs> exactly nba games for days <laughs> absolutely out of nowhere you love to see it though yeah you absolutely. love to see it <laughs> Let's see. All right. As promised, let's talk about the Zion drama down in New Orleans. So just as some background, um, the Pelicans this week sent out an advertisement to 
their 14 season ticket holders, um, advertising them to renew their season tickets for next year. And on that, and I'm paraphrasing, but it said something to the effect of come and see CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram next season, get your 2022, 2023 season tickets. And there's only one problem with that. Um, aren't, aren't we forgetting somebody? <laughs> I mean, he's been gone for a minute, but that's right. They intentionally left off Zion Williamson off of the program for next year. Now, could it just be an oversight? Possibly. Are we going to accept that explanation and move on from this topic? Hell no. Absolutely not. Um, the second thing is, as a response to that, J.J. Redick, who is very quickly becoming one of my favorite analysts, said that, and he played with Zion. He was Zion's teammate for a year in New Orleans. Said that Zion was being selfish and is a bad teammate. So, Zion Williamson still rehabbing from injury. The foot that he broke in the preseason that he was originally almost only supposed to be out for three to four weeks and still has yet to play. So with that being said, BJ, do you agree with JJ Redick? Is Zion Williamson a bad teammate? Um, I, don't, I don't think Zion's a bad teammate. Um, I truthfully believe Zion is only 21 years old, so he's still learning how to become a professional. He's still learning what it means to be the face of a franchise. Um, I think he is distant. And when you're a distant teammate, that can be perceived as being a bad teammate. Um, Because the whole thing came up because he didn't reach out to CJ McCullum after he got traded. CJ said, oh, I haven't talked to him. Well, usually when you get to a team, like the guy reaches out to you or, you know, they would say, hey, man, welcome. Let's chop it up. Let's get dinner or something like that. Well, CJ said, I haven't talked to him. He's been there basically a week or so. Um, but here's the thing, like when you're drafted number one, you're automatically put kind of in that seat to be the face of the franchise. You get the keys to the organization. You kind of become a leader by proxy. But there's also the part where your best player isn't always your leader. Like the best the best skilled player isn't always a guy who leads everything. So I think it's truthfully just Zion is not ready to be a leader and he doesn't know how to accept that kind of responsibility yet. And I think that's being perceived as being a bad teammate. Um, but he is only 21 years old. So I feel like he's got time to figure that out. So I, I do see where JJ was coming from, but I think we're being hard on Zion from the aspect of like, he's a young kid who's been injured most of his career. So he's fo- he has to focus on rehabbing and does he have to be a leader just to do that too? So I think we're being a little hard on Zion. I think to play devil's advocate, and I do believe this, I I do think he's being a bad teammate. I mean, we get that you don't want to be in New Orleans. We get that. You've been, with your body language, you've been clear about that. But that doesn't mean that you have to be completely disengaged from the organization and just not invest in this team and and your teammates at all. He's not on the sidelines very often. He's rehabbing, choosing to rehab in Oregon instead of rehabbing with the team. Um, He's up in uh, the Nike facility is rehabbing. And I mean, maybe that's just what he feels is best for his career. But I mean, he is clearly just completely disengaged from what seems like a pretty tight knit group of guys, even though they're not very good. I mean, Josh Hart and 
Brandon Ingram are very tight. CJ McCollum is taking the bulls by the bull by the horns and leading these young guys. And it just seems like Zion Williamson could not care less. And I do think that makes you kind of selfish. I think you're prioritizing your future over everything else. And I think you could be engaged, could care about this group of guys and still leave. Like if you give, I don't think there's anything wrong with giving New Orleans four good years and then deciding, you know what, I don't want to be here anymore. I'm out. And it seems like he doesn't care at all. That's fair. Um, I was, I don't think he's a bad teammate because I don't think we've seen that at all at Duke. I do, though, think he's been a bad professional, if that makes sense, you know, mm-hmm. because yeah. you, you're not established. You're basically borderline still a rookie and you can't try to pull all these strings and trying to act like you're James Harden. James Harden could because he was he had an established career and that's why he, what he felt like he needed to do to get out of Houston and Brooklyn. I think that being distant is just I feel like it's just part of his grieving process because he hasn't been able to play basketball. And I think he's kind of shut, sh- like shutting down maybe a little feeling a little depressed who knows we don't know what's going on behind closed doors so we can't really speculate other than what jj reddick put out last week and and Uh, let me clarify i don't think zion williamson is a bad person or necessarily a selfish person or a bad teammate i think he's being a bad teammate right now and i agree with you there could be reasons for that i don't think he's a bad dude you know everyone around him seems to really like him Mm-hmm. But right oh, yeah. now, this season, I think he is being a bad teammate. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, I, I just I don't think he's a bad person. I don't think he's a bad teammate. He's just being a bad professional right now. Because if yeah. you're a leader, not even a leader, just just a professional, you would show up. Mm-hmm. You would like rehab with the team if if you know they have the they have all the the infrastructure to rebuild his body. So. Why do you have to go on the on the other side of the country just to go rehab? I think there's things that he could do better, but I don't think this reflects on him as a teammate overall. I just think is is reflecting on his as a professional, and that is fine for now because he's two years into the league. So I feel like we can't really pass judgment on how he is as how he's gonna be for the future. Yeah, and then like I I would push back on JJ Redick. Like, okay, if you're going to say that, can you provide more examples of that? Like, can you specifically point to more times where you said Zion was a bad teammate here? And then, like, for J.J. Redick, when you were in the locker room as a veteran leader, did you correct him or did you tell him or point him out like, hey, like, this is what you should do? Because if you didn't do that, that's kind of like you can't really call your eye out if you didn't try to help him correct it. So, and I get it, though, too. Like, you know, when you're that guy in that position, like, you kind of have to just learn as you go. But I feel like Zion, like Dion, like you said, I think it's part of a larger process with him, like trying to be healthy. I think that is weighing on him more heavily than anything. So he might be, he might lose sight of how to be a good teammate at times because of that. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I, like when we saw him at Duke, he was having fun. Like mm-hmm. he was being very vocal, like uh, being a very vocal leader. With and he was having fun with Cam and RJ. So right, I don't think he's a bad teammate. I think we had. Have, too little of a sample size in the NBA for him to make in, to make that judgment. 
Yeah, but to go back to your point, Dion, which I think is a good one of maybe he's going through it. Maybe he's, yeah. you know, feeling depressed with, you know, his health and not being able to be out there. But I feel like the remedy to that, not necessarily the remedy, you know, you got to do what you got to do, but lean on your teammates, lean on your coaches, you know, lean on the fan base and, you know, let them know what's going on with you instead of just isolating and literally going to the other end of the country. I mean, sometimes you do have to clear your head and stuff. Like I get that and you got to do what's best for yourself sometimes, but there are ways to do that where you are leaning on your teammates, where you're keeping everybody in the loop and you're just saying, look, I'm committed to this organization, but I need to go do this right now versus what we've gotten from him, which is just nothing. That's fair. That's fair. Then, and that's like from the public side. Cause like, we don't know what he's t- telling like the organization and everything, you know? And like, Maybe he's just going in isolation because he's tired of hearing the people, what the media has to say about him and his body. Like, I would be pissed too. I'll be like, yeah. I'm not going to show myself right. until next year and I'm going to come back as a beast. I, I hope that's the case. I really I, hope that's the case. I, yeah. like, we don't know. That's the thing. We don't know until mm-hmm. we know. We're just speculating sure. right now. And that's, sure. that's fine. But to go down into the basement, put on the tinfoil hat and throw my conspiracy theory out there let's go the fact that he was left off the program makes me think he has told the Pelicans something it makes me think that he has maybe made his intentions to the pelicans clear of who knows i'm not going to speculate what he said mm-hmm. but the fact that as me and Dion know, there are implications to if you know something and you intentionally falsely advertise something, a product. But if you're if you're marketing season tickets for next year and you know damn well that Zion Williamson isn't going to be a part of that and you decide to advertise that anyway, I mean, there could be legal ramifications for that. I highly doubt that. But the fact that they chose to leave him off that makes me think, Maybe he has talked to the Pelicans. Maybe he has told them what his deal is, and it's not good. Oh, absolutely. Like, there, there's, some, there's something fishy about that, and we, we won't know. But I feel like he has made clear in the past that he doesn't, he doesn't see a future in the Pelicans after his rookie contract, at, at the very least. So if you're the Pelicans and you're seeing the situation, why wouldn't you try to trade him this summer? You know, he's not giving you anything. And I mean, might as well trade him now before losing him for nothing. So, so yeah, so we're already kind of getting into it a little bit, but let's just move on to our next point, which is, do you think, are we giving Zion the benefit of the doubt of maybe he is just going through it? Maybe he just needed some space. Maybe he's feeling the pressure. Or do we think that this is part of a larger plan? Is Zion Williamson trying to get out of new orleans by any means necessary is that what he's doing or are we giving him the benefit of the doubt so what do you think vj is zion taking this day by day or is this part of a master plan what do you think um i I think it gets back to Dion's point of he's not being very professional about it like i do think that he has told the pelican something on the back end like you might have talked to gm david griffin and said like I kind of want out of here because my true belief is that Zion believed in 2019 that, um, you know, that the Knicks were going to get the number one overall pick. and He wanted to be on a bigger stage, larger market. And when they played there last year at MSG, like he was 
starstruck about everything in New York. And they got RJ and Cam, like his own college buddies, when he like used to smile and have fun a lot playing basketball. So I do think he is trying to go about it and force his way kind of out of New Orleans. And I do think that he might be the first guy we've seen in history turn down the rookie max extension and not sign that money just so he can leave. So I do think this is a part of a larger plan to get out of New Orleans. Absolutely. Then, oh, go first. So then, real quick, follow-up question then. If this is part of his master plan, are we even going to get to that point where he can turn down the, the super max? And do you think he's going to successfully force himself out or do you think he's stuck no matter what he does? I think he, I think they'll trade him before it'll get to that point. If, the, if they're smart or if they're trying to be like J- Daryl Moore and play hardball, like they, they could be stuck with each other. But I think if they're smart, you got a 21-year-old guy like this, trade him now. His value is as high as it's going to be, in my opinion. I agree. But go ahead, D. Uh, what I was going to say about the him forcing it out, I think it's a mix of both um, because you can't fake your, your injuries like to a certain extent because he's you can fake an injury but you can't fake, fake a surgery because he got two well, surgeries because james Harden on, probably but... just faked his surgery but it is, it is injury yeah man but he he got surgeries so that played a part that played a role uh but he's also been very vocal about how he doesn't like management and how he like you said v he wanted to be drafted by new york so i think he's definitely not gonna he's definitely not gonna be here past at the very least at the very max next season uh but i really think they should trade him you gotta you have a solid team right now with brendan ingram cj mccullum and jonas valanciunas so why not just take advantage of that and bring in something else julius randall might need a change of scenery you can swap them too yeah, I mean, people have speculated that, like, Zion put on weight as, like, part of his master plan. Like, I'm going to take my own value by putting on weight. Like, I don't think – I wouldn't go that far, but clearly this is intentional. He did break his foot, but I have my doubts that at this point he still can't play basketball. I, Based on, you know, the medical diagnosis that he received, I have my doubts – that he is still too hurt to play basketball. I think he doesn't want to play basketball right now, a la um, Kawhi Leonard or James Harden, like we're talking about. But, and I, I do think this is all part of a, I wouldn't say master plan, a plan that he's kind of making up as he goes to get out of New Orleans. And I'm with you guys. The Pelicans should 100% trade him. Mm-hmm. Plan or no plan, Zion Williamson could still could still be a bust straight up he's not in shape i hope he comes back and he's in shape but the last time we saw him he's not in shape he's hurt all the time and so this might be the pinnacle of his value the pelicans could get an absolute haul for him because of what they've seen on the court and maybe he recaptures you know the form we've seen from him in a few games maybe he doesn't and so I don't think you can afford to take that risk if you're the Pelicans and hold on to him and then just watch him walk anyway. Like you can play hardball and make him play, you know, another what year and a half if you want. You can you can make him be part of your organization. But when he's made his intentions so clear and he may not 
be healthy enough to be what you want him to be anyway, why would you hold on to him? Yeah, I mean, and they they shown that they they don't really play around down there because when AD wanted out, they set him out the whole seat the whole yeah. second half of the season. So when they want shit done, they're gonna get it done. And I think that that thing that they're gonna get done is trading Zion this summer. They have to. <laughs> also, yeah. sidebar, sidebar. Look at the score. Sidebar. <laughs> Side <laughs> fucking yeah. bar. One hundred two. Never popped out of the Let's coffin like like the Undertaker, and are now beating oh. the Warriors by six. Why is it tough than playing? Twenty six in one run. Let's go. Twenty six to one. Yes, sir. Damn. Is that choking I hear in the background? <laughs> Where is Clay? <laughs> Warriors need the Heimlich maneuver. Anywho. Yeah, I mean, I have my doubts if the Pelicans actually do it. I mean, this is one of those trades that makes or breaks a franchise for a decade. If you think about giving up on Zion Williamson after three years. I mean, if he comes back and has a really good NBA career, you are an idiot for letting him go, right? But if you hold on to him, he continues to struggle to stay in shape, continues to struggle with injuries. To think you could have gotten a massive like, what if the Blazers had traded Greg Oden while he still had value? I was gonna say this; he's gonna become like Greg Oden to me. Yeah, like this play is playing out like you know how John Morant, the second pick, is playing better now. Like it's kind yeah. of having a story arc. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, I mean, I don't envy David Griffin. <laughs> this is <laughs> a tough decision. Yeah, very. I, I think you have to be proactive. I think you have to take the guaranteed value if you get a package that is actually good enough. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see, though. So with that being said, really quick, do you guys think we'll actually see Zion at some point this year? Dion, do you think we see him? Absolutely not. There's no reason for him to come back. There's no reason for them to bring him back because they're not going to do anything in the playoffs. So just sit down, come back next yeah. season. DJ, DJ, do you your, think your body in game shape? So I don't see him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. DJ, do you think we see him this year? Yeah, no shot. Uh, he's both, they said he might have to get a second surgery anyway. So I highly doubt we'll see him this year. Yeah, no shot. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll see if we even see him next year. Yeah. No, no idea what's going on with that. So, all right. So let's talk about the Nets beating the Bucks in Milwaukee last night. And yes, I hear you out there, listeners. It's only one game, and that's true. It is only one game. But the Bucks are 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games, and as a team, have not looked that great. They've beaten some bad teams, but have kind of taken it on the chin from a lot of good teams. And so, well, let's, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Uh, Dion, what was your takeaway from that Bucks nets game last night? Uh, I didn't take away anything from for the Bucks. Is one game, but I think there's some things that the Nets showed me without KD and Ben Simmons that are kind of interesting, and that is that their supporting cast is better than what we thought. Uh, Seth Curry and Drummond went crazy last night. I think Drummond had 17 and 12. Curry had 16 points, and Kyrie had 36. So their their team is solid. That trade, I think, really benefited both sides, and it shows, even though the Knights are still not in full force. But once they are, they're going to be dangerous. Other than that, it's just one game. 
you can't really tell like much from one single regular season game. And like, but you said, you said they were five and five in the last 10 games. I don't, I don't see that much of a problem. They have, they have all the pieces in place. Uh, they have a couple of injuries that this might seem small, but are significant because they work well as a unit. Uh, and I think down the stretch, they're, they're going to be fine. They're going to, they're going to make their playoff run. They're probably going to make it to the, to the championship. And I think they're, 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 they're going to be fine. Yeah, I mean, my takeaway, it is only one game, and we'll get to the Bucks in a second. But my takeaway is, say what you want about Kyrie Irving, um, the whole flatter thing, the whole vaccine thing. Yes, very odd, different kind of dude. But people try and put Kyrie Irving in like the James Harden, uh, Russell Westbrook conversation of guys who put up huge stats but don't actually go anywhere. And or like what what people would say are empty stats. And Kyrie Irving isn't. Kyrie Irving's a winner. He is. He took Boston to back to back conference champ, Eastern Conference championships. No, Eastern Conference appearances, championship appearances. Didn't actually go to the finals. Came back from a three one deficit against the Warriors. In large part because of his play, not exclusively. Obviously, you got to put LeBron there right there with him, but he was also extremely clutch in that run. And Kyrie Irving is a winner. When he's on the court, he makes winning plays. And you really cannot forget about that when you talk about Kyrie Irving. He is not just empty stats, he's not just out there for himself. He knows how to play winning basketball, and he does. And um, honestly, like as weird as he is, I love seeing him out there on the floor. He is an artist with the basketball, but it's not just, you know, him trying to show off and him trying to get his stats. He plays winning basketball. I love Kyrie. I, we all say like he's an artist with the ball. I do think that this year his stats are kind of so-and-so because like he has been playing really well, but other than a couple wins, nothing else happened. They lost like 10 straight at one point with him. I do think that this is a great addition for the fact that he can start playing. I think this is going to be great for the Nets, especially with KD coming back next week. They're going to have their good 20 games together, hopefully. Hopefully. That's, that will be the longest stretch they've played together in two years. Uh, and they're going to get in shape for the for the playoffs, you know? Yeah, that's fair. What were your takeaways from that game, B? Um, first thing I thought was Kyrie Irving is one of the most gifted players like in the league, essentially. Still, like, he hasn't been out there a lot this year, but when you see him out there, you kind of know why he is that guy. Um, and, like, I think, truthfully, like, the Nets, when they get everybody back, they will be – I think they'll be scary good because, like, now they have a lot of pieces that work well together. And then um, to have the mandate possibly lifted in New York, I think that adds another element. Um, I think guys are going to get reps in together, which will be important. And then, you know, if you get healthy at the right time, I think then that, that was a big win for them, I think, yesterday. Like, that's kind of a win that catapults you up. Like, okay, we Absolutely. beat the defending champs on their home court. So, you know, and that's without some of our top guys. Um, but from the Bucks standpoint, I think Milwaukee is missing, like, a piece of at least, like, uh, uh, off the bench. They're missing some depth, I would say. And I think maybe it's just because Brooke Lopez is hurt, Pat Compton's hurt. But I think Milwaukee, you kind of see like, okay, there's at least 
one more thing we could add before the season is over. Maybe there's a buyout guy out there, somebody that can find. But I think Milwaukee, they'll be fine, I think, in the long run once they get healthy. But for right now, they might be missing um, a small piece to the puzzle. Yeah, so with that being said, like I said, the Bucks 5-5 five and five in their last 10. We keep waiting for the Bucks to just step on the gas and start, you know, tearing through the East, and it just hasn't happened. And so they're currently sitting in fifth place. Are we worried about the Bucks going forward? Are we worried about the Bucks' ability to repeat? VJ, are you worried? Uh, no, not wor- not worried. I'm not even really concerned about them. Like the answer, it's just one game. That game meant more to the Nets than it did to the Bucks. And I feel like once you've won a title, like that pressure of every game isn't there anymore. Like if this was last year and the Bucks still didn't have a championship, this game would have meant something because it says like, oh. We're not. We're one piece away from winning at all. Like I'm just saying, they're a piece away from like repeating or something like that. But I think like in the long run they'll be fine. I feel like once you get healthy, you can kind of really see what your chances are. But you know, it, it it's one game for the Bucks, and I feel like yeah, they have been five and five in the last ten games. But I think like with the way they're trending, because I think like they're not putting their foot on the you know gas to finish the season out. Like, they're building it up, and then they're not showing all their chips right now. So they're kind of coasting how champions do after they win. They're kind of coasting. So, but I'm not, I'm not worried about them. I don't think it out. Yeah, same. I don't, I'm not concerned, worried, anything. It was just a bad game. They, they, this, this was probably one of their worst defensive performances of the year, giving up 126 points. That never happens for the Bucs. We've seen what they can do. Uh and last year they weren't first in the East, so like, why? Th- there's no pressure for them in the regular season. And like you said, B, if they didn't have a championship, that w- this would be a totally different game. That's mm-hmm. really, like we would be reading some some more into it. I don't think right. they've been there. They got the experience. They don't have to push on the gas right now. As long as they have home court advantage, they'll be fine. They're what fourth, third right now. They're gonna be mm-hmm. fine. That'll be good. So. I'm not worried about the the Bucks whatsoever. And they're gonna get Pat and uh, is Ibaka out right now? I thought he was. I thought he was out. Maybe. But but they're gonna have everybody back for the playoffs. So I'm not worried. I mean, I'm not worried, but kind of. Like it is just one game, but even I feel like championship teams during the course of a season, even if they're not the top seed, even if they're not you know, one of the top two seeds, I feel like you do see championship form from them at some point in the season. They play a stretch of games that make you think, yes, this team can, in fact, win a title. They should be considered up there. And this season, I feel like we haven't really seen that stretch of games from the Bucs yet. That as a team, that they can really say, yes, we can really play championship-level basketball. I mean, that's extremely short-sighted. They just showed us they could win a championship. Same dudes, you know, same team. But I would like to see them play a stretch like that. I mean, they and, did. They were, they were like, in 10th place at some point in the first – after the first quarter of the, of the season. And they haven't had the whole healthy team for more than five games in a row. At the time, so yeah, they have struggled with injuries. They, they had have. Str- they have been struggling a lot with injuries, and that that never helps, you know. Especially when you want to show your championship potential, even though they don't. Right, need to. 
but I feel like it is a little bit of a logical fallacy for a team to sit, to suddenly think, okay, yeah, they may not have been as good this year, but everything will be fine once the playoffs start. And that could happen, but it feels like a little bit of a logical fallacy to just say, okay, they haven't really stepped on the gas in the regular season, but as soon as the playoffs start, they will. Hey, like I said, I'm not actually worried, but if they continue to hover, you know, around the 500 mark for, you know, the rest of these games, I will become more worried, but they, they do need to get healthy right now. So I don't know. Maybe that's just me being contrarian, but want to see the, the Bucks step on the gas at some point if they want to repeat. So, all right. Now let's talk about the more interesting side of this, which is the Nets post-trade deadline. So New York City, if you haven't heard, is lifting the vaccine mandate. Kyrie Irving, starting sometime in March, we hear, will be able to start playing home games. Kevin Durant, coming back in the next few weeks, we hear Ben Simmons is in playing shape and should also be returning in the next few weeks. Added Andre Drummond, added Seth Curry. So... Do you think the Nets actually, oh, let me put it this way. What do you expect to see from the Nets down the stretch of this season? Dion, what what do you expect to see from this Nets team heading Um, into the playoffs? Okay. Uh, KD's coming back next this week. Uh, So he's going to get some good reps in before the playoffs. I do like all their additions. Steph Curry and Drummond are amazing players, amazing an amazing supporting cast. And you add Ben Simmons to that, you had a wing defender and a playmaker. And that, you know, that never hurts. That never hurts. However, I do I do still have three teams ahead of them in the East right now and going down the stretch. Those are the Heat, the Bucks, and the Sixers. I think those three teams are going to be really, really hard to beat. And if you want to throw Chicago in there, throw Chicago in there too. Not not because they had, they're more talented, but just because they've been together more and because they know how to get the job done when you know when you get into the playoffs, except for Chicago, probably. I see, I see, I, I don't I don't see them climbing the the standings that much from where they are right now because they dug themselves into a pretty deep hole, losing those 10 straight. The, I don't see them getting home court advantage anytime soon. So it all depends on when Ben can come back. KD's gonna come back this this next week, so I'm 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 excited for this team. I really like this team, and I and I, you know, I'm never been a KD fan or anything, but I as a whole, I really like. Yeah, I mean, I I think I agree with that. Of I I like the the deal the Nets made in a lot of ways. Of they needed depth, they had yeah. no depth, and. You know, we can talk about Ben Simmons and we can talk about Kyrie Irving coming back, you know, with the vaccine mandate being lifted. But I think Seth Curry and Andre Drummond could be just as big a part of this team as those guys could be. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Andre Drummond feels a huge need for them. He's a B-plus center for a team that had no centers. Absolutely no centers. And so Andre Drummond feels a huge need, adds toughness, adds rebounding, adds some defense. Seth Curry also feels a need of Joe Harris has been out pretty much all season and they haven't had that guy that you can just kick to and forget about it. And Seth Curry is absolutely that guy. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to see how rusty Ben Simmons is. 
And with Kyrie and Kevin Durant coming back for more games, I mean, I would expect that the Nets are going to be really good. Yeah. Now, you brought up the point of have they dug themselves a hole too deep? And my gut says yes. They're currently in eighth. I mean, they're only eight games out of first place. They're only like four games out of like third place. So, I mean, they could dig themselves out. But, I mean, they still have games before those guys come back. And they have to gel with this completely new unit in that time. And mm-hmm. so the, the the mountain they have to climb if they don't make drastic, you know, work of the Eastern Conference to get into at least like the fifth or sixth seed, they just have a mountain to climb. Like you got to play the Heat in the first, Heat or the Bulls in the first round, and it only gets worse from there. I mean, that just seems rough. So, yeah. uh, but for the to answer my own question, for the end of for the rest of the regular season. I, I expect because they should be so motivated, I expect them to be really, really good for the rest of the season. And we'll see where they're at come playoff time. BJ, what do you expect to see from them? Um, I think they're going to string together a really good series of wins. Um, they probably get a lot of reps in, I'm assuming, and get healthy. And I feel like as they get healthy, they'll figure it out. And it, it's going to be on Steve Nash to really put to, put some things together to build up like chemistry between these guys. But as I go down their roster, um, I don't know if there's a more talented roster in the in, in the NBA just because you got Patty Mills coming off the bench now. You have Andre Drummond at your center. You got Chef Curry as your shooter. Um, LaMarcus Aldridge comes off the bench, which is crazy. Um, you got Goran Dragic in the buyout marker, or market. Joe Harris might be coming back soon. Like, you have so many options. Um, and at least, like, it's not like you got five games to figure it out. You got 20-plus games to really submit some things in there. And I do feel like it'll be – I think Brooklyn's going to be really scary down the stretch. So I expect them, like we're saying, to be really, really good. Um, and if if their seeding kind of hurts them, I understand that. But I think, like, they'll they'll figure it out. I mean, we've seen lower seeds do, do pretty good things. But, I don't know, getting healthy and getting these guys at the right time could make a whole lot of a difference for them. Yeah. The Nets are going to be really interesting. Um, I mean, I didn't expect them to be so bad in the middle of the season. Obviously, there's an explanation for it. Lack Mm -hmm. of depth plus, you know, star injuries slash, you know, being barred from playing home games, you know, for one particular star. But, I mean, with getting all of those guys back, they could very well be the best team in the East. Mm -hmm. I love their depth. They're not great on defense all of a sudden, but they're better. They're quite a bit better. And so I think through the Ben Simmons trade, they addressed a lot of their needs and you get rid of the headache, which is James Harden on the playoffs, which is just isn't the same dude. So I, I like the moves that they've made. So, all right, <clears throat> let's talk about, these are some questions that we have about the regu- the rest of the regular season. And so, and we're going to answer them. So here's some predictions that we have down the stretch. Obviously, story in the NBA this season, Memphis Grizzlies. Currently sitting, I believe, in second place in the West. No, maybe one game back. One game back. Well, now that the Warriors just lost, maybe in second place? I'll have to check. But Grizzlies, do you think the Grizzlies finish top three in the West? Or do you think they fall out? What do you think, Dion? Absolutely, they will. They, there's no reason why they 
should slow down. Uh, they have a full, fully healthy te- team, uh, except for Dylan Brooks. There's, there will be no reason to see them slowing down. And they got a really nice cushion from the Utah Jazz when they lost those 10 games straight. Uh, and that's the, the, four, the team right behind them. I think they could potentially even overthrow the Warriors in second place. But top three, that's not even a question. Not even a question, the man says. VJ, you think the Grizzlies yeah. finished top three? Yeah, Dion took my exact answer. I think they could even get as high as two or finish top two with the CB3 injury. I feel like the standing might get jumbled up. Um, but, yeah, top three, not like no question they'll finish um, at least that high. Yeah, I, I agree. They will definitely finish top three. Yeah, I think the Suns are – I think that it's a stretch to say the CP3 injury could threaten the one seed. I think they're like – How is that a – wait, how is that a stretch, bro? They're like eight games – they got no. They only got six games. They just lost two straight. How is that a stretch? I mean, that's definitely a cushion. That's a cushion. But I mean, bro, you know how many games, and they might rest guys too. Like how? That's true. How are you gonna say it's a stretch? I mean, I I just know that's with only like twenty games to play. Like having a six game lead is a. And lot. they just lost two straight since he got hurt, though. How is it a stretch to say? I mean, the Warriors lost to you. But, but I'm saying with that injury, they just lost two games straight. How is it a stretch to say that though? I don't know. I, that's just my opinion. I feel like that's 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 a healthy cushion. They would have to drop a lot of games in between now and the end, end of the season. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I fully expect the Grizzlies to be top three. All right. Another question we have: the other big story in the NBA. Um, will the Cavaliers finish top five in the East? I think they're currently in the fourth seed. Um. We expected them to fall off a little bit. They haven't done it yet. So do they in the last stretch of this in the last stretch of the year? What do you think, D? Uh they haven't given me a reason to like you know have them slow down other than Darius Garland's back soreness that has kept them out ever since all-star break. But I think he's coming back there next game. Uh Carice Levert should be fine this week. Um and Laurie Markkinen is back, so they're 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 going to be they're going to be a fully healthy team heading down the stretch. They've been playing great the whole season. Uh, who, what teams are ahead of them right now? The Bucks, the Heat, the Bulls, and no, the 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 Heat, the Bulls, and who's in third? Um, the Sixers. Sixers. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. yeah, like I don't I don't see why they wouldn't top five. Yeah, for sure. I, I think they're going to finish top five. I kind of think they fall out of the top five with, I mean, the Nets could storm all the way back. I think they're kind of low, but I mean, the Celtics have been on a tear minus the, you know, Pacers lost today and the Pistons lost, you know, before the break, but the, the pay, the, the Celtics could definitely play themselves into the five seed. The Nets could, uh, the Sixers are dominant with James Harden, the Bucks should be motivated to leapfrog them. So, I mean, I kind of feel like that could drop them out just because I expect other teams in the East to play better, not necessarily anything on them. You think they finished in the top five, V? Yeah, I think they do, especially with uh, the standings being as close as they are, one through five. I think the Cavs could um, easily finish top five. It just depends on how tough their schedule is in March and April. Yeah. Yeah, they're all the teams are right there. There's like three yeah. teams at 36 right now. Mm-hmm. It's kind of yeah. crazy. So yeah. we'll see where which way this is gonna go. 
yeah, the, I, I, the I Eastern, the top five. yeah, the East is still completely up for grabs. I mean, the difference between the first seed, I mean, we talked about the six games between, you know, first and second in the West, but I mean, like first and seventh is like eight games in the East. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you could see a lot of movement in the East. Mm-hmm. Every, every team is separated by one game. It looks like. Yeah. It's going to be a fun, it's going to be a fun ending of the season. Yeah. So with Brooklyn currently being an eighth, do we think Brooklyn is in the playing games or do you think they get into that sixth seed? BJ, do you think Brooklyn ends in the playing games? No, I think they finish at least in the top six. I feel like they'll get it together and kind of get healthy and go on a run and somebody will fall into the play-in. Maybe the Celtics or Cavs fall. Not the – yeah, maybe the Celtics fall into the play-in. Yeah, I mean – they gotta right like there's no yeah. way brooklyn injuries and all can be in the playing games right yeah hey yeah i mean it's possible i don't think they really care that that much about their seed but i mean i the playing games is one game like that's that kind of scary my point yeah so, they, that, that's what i was gonna say they will not finish in the playing games they i, I they they yeah. want they wanted to go lower on the standings because of the mandate, but now the mandate is over. I think they're gonna go on the run, uh, because the playing games is literally one game to determine whether you're in or not. And I don't want to take any chances in the playing games because in one NBA game anything can happen, any fucking thing, any team can be bit, beaten in one single game. Seven game series is a whole different thing. One game, I think anything can happen. I wouldn't take my chances. I think they finished fifth or sixth. Yeah, I mean, they they gotta. They're too talented to really end up in the playing games. I don't care how many injuries you have. Like, you gotta get into sixth place. You just gotta. All right. With that being said, what team do you think, and we'll start with you, Dion. What team do you think fades in the last quarter of the season? What's a team you're looking at that you think is going to fade? Okay, I'll start with the Suns. I think the Suns are going to fade. You know, CP3 is gone. They already lost two in a row. Um, I think they're going to fade for sure. They're going to lose games. They're probably going to rest players. And they're going, to be, they're going to be straight come playoff time. But I think this last 20 games of the season, they are going to pull on the break a little bit and, you know, lose a few games. Then I think the Knicks are fading into the abyss. But they have already started. Well, they've, to been fade. fading. They've, been they've been fading. fading. <laughs> they've been fading. They've been fading. They've been fading. They lost November. five straight, and I like. I think the Pacers are gonna go over on the top of them. But anyways, uh, another team that I see fading is the Raptors. They have a good roster, but a good roster can only take you so far. They had a really good stretch in the middle of the season. And they lost two in a row. Uh, the Nets are going to come up. The Hawks, the Hornets are, you know, starting to kick into gear. Uh, and I think the Raptors are going to lose out a couple spots. They're, they're probably going to finish in ninth or tenth, I feel like. Because their roster is good, don't get me wrong. But I don't think it's as good as all the, the rest of the East. Uh, and then that's it for fading teams. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Because of the Chris Paul injury, I agree that I think the Suns fade. Um, 
I think they'll be perfectly fine. So, I mean, it's not really fading. Like, Chris Paul's going to come back at some point. So, I mean, they'll be fine. But for the rest of the regular season, they're not really that motivated. They shouldn't be that motivated. They're in first by a lot. And so, and there's not, in the West this year, there's not a huge difference between, like, the first seed and the second seed or the third seed. So, I mean, it, they, they should fade. Hold up. How many games are in the season? I think it's like 25-ish, 24 maybe. So like, is it seventy? Is it seventy-two or 82? 82. 82. Oh, okay. Seventy-two last year. Oh, 82. oh, okay, okay. Because I was like, hold up, there's only eleven games left. Because they are, they're like a six. There's sixty-one games right now. I was like, what is going on? Okay. I, I mean, I wish. Get me to the playoffs, baby. I'm ready. <laughs> I can't wait for the playoffs, but yeah. I'm ready for the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's it should be fairly predictable that the Suns are going to fade, and I'm with you on the Raptors. Um, I just the the teams around them, I just think have better rosters than they do, mm-hmm. and so they could continue to punch above their weight, but I don't expect them to. And for some reason, the Hornets just can't seem to quite put it together this year. So I think they continue to fade as well. They've shown they really struggle against good teams. Yeah. And bad teams. Cause they just lost to the Pistons. <laughs> and right now some bad teams too. That's crazy they're, in overtime. <laughs> yeah. They're fading into the abyss, which is too bad. They're a really fun team, yeah. but I think they're kind of showing their lack of experience. Their youth. Right now. Yeah. Dare I say maturity. Um, yeah. Who, who are some teams you're looking to fade down the stretch? DJ. Um, again, I think Dion stole my notes. Um, I would <laughs> directly, directly at the Suns just because I did not expect them to lose to the Pelicans without Chris Paul, and that happened. Then they, they lost to the Jazz today, too. So I think kind of like you're seeing what Chris Paul really means to them in terms of leadership, getting them in their sets. Because now, by default, Devin Booker has to play point guard, which he doesn't really like to do a ton because he's not really a playmaker for others so are you seeing that effect to that and um obviously you have jay crowder making game time decisions so you know that's not going to work out very well um but i could see them fading but still being completely fine yeah um down the stretch because they'll get chris paul not back for the regular season but at least by the first round he should be back yeah i'm with you on that all right so then let's talk about the flip side of that what are some teams that we think are going to surge in these last 20 or so games and finish out the regular season really strong. BJ, what's the team you're looking at to surge? Um, I'm looking directly at the Bulls getting healthy. I think they'll um, probably finish the season strong. Lonzo might be back really soon. Caruso as well. Just got Tristan Thompson too, which was a pretty low-key deal. I think the Jazz, ironically, I know DIY like this, they might heat up. Um, you know, I don't, I don't want to believe it, but I think like they, they're healthy right now, at least they haven't been all year. So they might heat up and then no pun intended, the heat will heat up as well, uh, down the stretch. Ah, ah. you know, but yeah, those, those are the guys I'm looking at. And I mean, we already talked about the Nets, so I won't say that, but I think, um, those three, the Bulls, the Jazz and the Heat for sure could surge at the end of the season. I was going to say the Nets, too, but we already talked about them. Um, hopefully, the Jazz don't heat up. Uh, but we're not going to talk about that. Uh, the two teams I have heating up are the Denver Nuggets. I think they are extremely motivated now that they know that Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray are both going to be back before the playoffs. I don't see why they wouldn't be excited because – 
you know, that team is going to be fired. They're already, they're already like amazing without them too. And by them, I mean, Jokic. Jokic is amazing without them. Yeah, legit. <laughs> uh, but you add those, these two players, granted, they need to stay healthy once they come back. They're going to have many restrictions, but hopefully they can get a couple games in before they start the playoffs to get their rhythm back. And I think that's going to be exciting. So I don't see why they the Nuggets wouldn't keep pushing uh, to maybe knock off another team uh, ahead of them. Uh, and the other team I see heating up is the Hawks. I think the Hawks are going to be, you know, pretty, pretty motivated for not wanting to play in the playing games. So there's going to be a lot of competition coming down the stretch to secure that sixth spot. That sixth spot is going to be crucial. Uh, because you do not want to be in the playing games this year because every team can take it in there. Every team can take it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for my surging team, I'm taking the Los Angeles Lakers. Just kidding. Uh, they, can't go, they, can't, they can't go any lower, so it can only go up from here. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Their, their schedule is ridiculous. I <laughs> do not envy them. No, um, you just took one of mine with this, the Nuggets. I mean, Jamal Murray is finally going to be coming back in the next month, it sounds like. And Michael Porter's Jr.'s back might be the undertaker coming out of the grave to maybe play this <laughs> season. Um, if they're at all effective, I mean, they've been surging. They've won five straight. Um, they're solidly in the playoff picture in the West. And if they get those guys back and those guys are effective at all, they're going to be scary. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking at the Nuggets. I like the Pelicans to surge. Yeah. CJ McCollum seems to be changing the culture already, and they're playing pretty good basketball right now. I think they could make it interesting if they get to the playing games, which they're not far out of. That's so, cool. out of that group in the playing games, I mean, I think they should be surging to end the season. So, they have nothing to lose. So, why wouldn't they? I, I like the Pelicans to make some noise. Like make that. it interesting. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not mad at the Hawks. I mean, mm-hmm. the fact that they're only two games under 500 and they're in 10th in the in the East is mm-hmm. kind of brutal. But Yeah, but they were like 13th at one point. So, yeah, I mean, you know, they, yeah. they, they went on a, on a couple of runs and it's, it's going to be interesting coming down the stretch. I'm, re- I'm really excited for this last quarter of the season. Yeah, I mean, they're in 10th place, but they're only 10 and a half games out of first. Like, <laughs> that, obviously, the crazy they're not going to contend. That's Obviously, the they're part. not going to contend for the top seed, but I mean, they're only, you know, like four games out of sixth place. Like, mm-hmm. they're right there. Yeah. And they should be getting John Collins back next week. So, yeah. Don't be late. So, yeah. I, I'm not mad at it. I just feel like I, yeah, they definitely could. Mm-hmm. They definitely could. All right. Let's get to our five games of the week then. Let's go. No. Just kidding. We got to do our hot take. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, my God. I've been waiting the whole episode for this one. Give, yeah. give me give me a hot take for how the regular season finishes. Oh, the regular maybe season. in the playoffs or the playoffs. Oh, you can okay. give me a hot take for the playoffs if okay. you're ready to declare that. Okay. Dion, go ahead. You guys heard it here first. All of you at home heard it here first. <clears throat> the NBA champions for the 2022 season will be the Philadelphia 76ers. You heard it here first. And that is my bold take. They, okay. they, they extremely small sample size. But the two games they played have shown me enough. I am sold. I trust the process. I trust everything. Everything they showed me, I love it. 
And I think Joel and James Harden work perfectly together. This man just dropped 16 assists today. We haven't seen that in a minute. So I am I'm completely sold on the Sixers. I think I, I that's all I gotta say. Now, obviously, it's a hot take. It's supposed to be a hot take. Mm-hmm. So I'm not criticizing your take. But the reason your take is hot is it's hard for me to think that playoff Harden won't show his won't rear its ugly head at some point, whether in health or you know getting frustrated with contact or whatever. He'll be I fine. Mean, this was his plan. This was his plan all along. He wanted he wanted out of you. <laughs> he, he, he wanted to go to Philly in the first place, and now he's he is there. well rested. He is well rested. I'll give you that. It's lit. I mean that that would change the whole conversation around James Harden if you're right. Absolutely, and I can't wait. Okay, that's, and I don't and I don't even like James Harden like that. I, I'm just excited for this team. They play okay. amazing basketball. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, my hot take is going along with teams we expect to surge. I expect the Denver Nuggets to surge all the way into the Western Conference Finals. Oh, okay. That's even hotter last than mine. Time, the, it's a That's hot take. Caliente. It's a hot take. But the last time we saw Jamal Murray, he was absolutely unstoppable in the playoffs. And, yes, we don't know what his game is going to look like coming back, but the Nuggets are already good without MPJ and without Jamal Murray. And with Jokic playing – at the level that he is, I think he's the best player in the league right now. And he is play wise is deserving of MVP. I think his like Steph last year, I think his team is going to hold him back just a little bit, but well, Steph was getting, in eighth and ninth. He's in fifth. Yeah. Well, he's different. in sixth. He's in sixth. Oh no, yeah. Yeah. Nuggets are in sixth in the West. Behind who? Um, the, I think the Mavs. Yeah, oh, you, you of all people jazz. should know the Mavs. I forgot about the Jazz. That's all it was. Yeah. That's yeah. all it really was. I just forgot about yeah. the Jazz. <laughs> but with them getting thinking about this team, who that's already winning five straight, is already looking better, and getting back an all-star and a really solid piece in Michael Porter Jr., they could easily go all the way to the Western Conference Finals, especially if Draymond's health continues to be an issue for the Warriors. They're not the same team without him. So. I don't know about easily. I like I, I like the take. I like the take. Don't get me wrong, because I said they were surging. And it is a hot take. But I, I see them winning one playoff series. I don't know about the conference finals, though. I don't think that I don't I don't th- they have to they have to pass the Suns and the Warriors or the Grizzlies. So that's that's a hot take. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. But if Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray are effective, this team could look very much like the Bucks last year of a really elite big man who has all the regular season accolades turning around the narrative around him and becoming an NBA champion with two really good pieces there to help. It's a hot take. I get it. But Mm -hmm. hey, hey. that's, that's, that's what the segment is. Hot takes. Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. All right, DJ. Hit me with a hot take. Uh, I got two hot takes. I'm gonna go regular. Well, yep. both double me up. Double up. Um, this one, they say the first step to admitting something, or the first step is just admitting it and accepting it. So, uh, I'm gonna say that the Lakers could potentially fall out of the play-in completely and miss the playoffs entirely. Listen, they should. They should. I think it's completely plausible. 
would I have said that when they signed all these names? Westbrook, Melo, Ariza, Dwight, Rondo, everybody's back. But after seeing them play against the Clippers, they are hot trash. And I could see that hot trash on the side of the sidewalk outside of Crypto.com Arena, not making a single playoff appearance this season. So that's my first one. And I think it's it, – I, I think it would actually happen. It's um, possible. <laughs> I don't think that's a hot take at all because I completely agree. I think the Pelicans <laughs> – I think the Pelicans surge and do get that ninth mm-hmm. spot and knock the Lakers out. And the I Lakers mean, should tank at this point, 100%. Yeah, I mean, the Lakers do have a pretty – they have, like, three games on – who is that? Or two and a half games on the Trailblazers, but I don't really know if that will stick because the Lakers' schedule is just absolutely horrible. So they could easily lose five straight and be right there with the good old Sacramento Kings. Um, like, don't get me wrong. I do think it's a hot take to think that LeBron playing at the level he is won't even make the playing games, but I totally agree. That will be a travesty. Yeah. yeah. Absolute yeah. travesty. I don't think this – okay, it's a it's a hot take. I think it's possible, but I won't – I can't believe it. No. Mm, I, 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 I don't want I can't accept – I can't accept a, a playoff <laughs> without LeBron James again. <laughs> I know. Like, I don't want to see, possible, but it completely is. <laughs> I'm and in denial. Hotter. I know it. I, I I admit it. I'm in denial. But just mm-hmm. let me be. I, I just can't. Yeah, the first step is until it happens. I can't. Now, an, I can't an even it. hotter hot take would be to say that you believe LeBron putting to putting the rumors of him going elsewhere to rest and saying he's completely committed to the Lakers. For the but actually, that's a lie. That, that's just a lie. <laughs> 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 he just got to say that. <laughs> like, but he's really on the phone with his agent. Like, you're going to get rid of this. <laughs> if they if they lose to the Pelicans tonight, he's about to be like, "Hey, yo." Oh yeah. I need, I need, I need, we talk about we talk about Zion's master plan. LeBron is about to put on a master class of like, I'm going to play the seed of doubt. But then I'm going to kill that seed of doubt. Deny it. But then you know oh, yeah. some things in the off season. You know, I'll take some pictures in Cleveland. Like he's about to put on a master class. Bro, didn't of... his wife just post home sweet home? Yep. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Like, then LeBron's like, no, no, no. But I love it here. Like, like, <laughs> Why are you always lying? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. All right. What's your second hot take? hot take? This is not much of a hot take as much as it is a wish. But I do, you have heard it here first on February 27, 2022, episode 50,000 of the Dagger, <laughs> that the 76ers will play the Brooklyn Nets in the conference semifinals. And Ben Simmons might have to go back to you know, Philly for the first time in the playoffs. He might oh skip my God, I can't on wait. March 3rd or March 10th. Right have to go there. I, I, Please make it happen. Wish, Somebody has to make this happen. Absolutely. Uh, the way the seeds look, that is definitely plausible. Oh, anything can happen. Anything. Absolutely oh. any matchup you can think of can still happen. Because like, if we I, got Bucks Nets in the conference semifinals, like, and it could have been the conference finals, imagine the spice of having Sixers Nets like in the second round. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that would be amazing. I actually, like, yeah, you're right. It's a wish. That's not a hot take. It's a wish. I I'm praying like a hot that this take wish. This has to happen. Somebody yeah. has to make it, make it happen. So mine were more like hot take observation more than <laughs> <laughs> hot take observation. I mean, part of me wanted to make a, hot, a Celtics hot take, but after they lost to the Pacers today, I cannot <laughs> do that in good faith. 
<laughs> First step is amends. Part of me still believes, though. Part of me still believes. But I don't know. Maybe that'll be my playoff hot take. We'll see. <laughs> All right, let's get to our five games of the week. Let's do it. Before we go out of bounds. Um, I always forget to look at my record. I had a terrible record this week. I had <laughs> I was two and three, I believe. Why didn't you post my meme, Dion? That's funny. Because uh, it makes me want to cry. That's, co- that's comedy. I, 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 I am bleeding <laughs> profusely right now. I'm 40 and 25. <laughs> I am 40 and 25. Just admit right the now. meme was good, though. The meme, the meme was amazing. Outstanding. Okay. <laughs> fire. I think I went four and one, didn't I? No, because the Nets won. God damn it! Yeah, the Nets fucked me up. Hey, I was I three and zero. Oh. Timberwolves too. Yeah, to beat the Sixers. Yeah, I didn't think the Sixers would look this good. This. Yeah, bad, me too. So. That's why I, I had. Try. I, I had the Sixers. So, all right, I'm thirty nine and twenty six. Forty and twenty five. I am forty two and twenty three. Damn it! Two games ahead. Still, there's still, there's still a long way to go. Thirty-nine, twenty-six. I'm coming, D. Let's go. All that research on Bavada. It's paying off. <laughs> Let's get it. All right. Game number one. Heat at the Bucks Wednesday night. Uh, who do you like, Dion? Uh, the Bucks. They just lost to the Nets. They're gonna come out with guns blazing at home. They, if they don't win this game, there's gonna, there's gonna be repercussions, and it's gonna come from me. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I also like the Bucks at home, mm-hmm. even though it's the Heat. Mm-hmm. Uh, VJ, you agree? Um, I actually, I am. I'm taking the Heat in this one just because every time they play, they seem to figure out how to stop Giannis. Some for some reason, so I think it could be. A, and the Heat, like I said, I think they're gonna heat up. <laughs> nice. I mean, if there is a guy built to stop Giannis I mean I use this word stop pretty liberally but it's Bam Bam Mm -hmm. actually has the athleticism and length to bother Giannis make it inconvenient for him Mm -hmm. all right game number two Grizzlies at the Celtics um I'm gonna shock the world and genuinely pick the Grizzlies I'm waiting for the psych psych no I'm actually (laughs) picking the Grizzlies here I'm, the Grizzlies are scary, bro. They're scary. Hey, I have the Grizzlies too, and that's not a surprise. That's I, but, I mean, the the two loves of my basketball life are Stephen Adams and the Celtics, and they clash. So, yeah, yeah, I'm giving it to the Grizzlies too. Yeah. I just think that they're a better team right now. Honestly, they're very similar in a lot of respects these days. Of they both really guard, and it could could just come down to Jason Tatum versus John Moran and who has the better game. So. Mm-hmm. Is Ja hurt? No, he's good. So. Yeah, he's, yeah fine. he's fine. He, he plays. He just put forty six on the Bulls. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, he's more than fine. Yeah, he's more. <laughs> yeah, I'm he's actually taking the Grizzlies. <laughs> yeah, Grizzlies, Grizzlies for the dub too. Dion, oh, I say Grizzlies, absolutely. It, it pains me. Even now, I'm thinking of changing. <laughs> I, I I know you asked me again just because you wanted you were thinking about t- taking the Celtics. Don't lie. No, I'm, I'm, I'm taking. I'm taking. Because I said it. I said it earlier. I was taking the Grizzlies with, with immense amounts of shame. I'm taking the Grizzlies. First <laughs> time this season I've picked against the Celtics. All right, game number three: Warriors at the Mavericks. Who do you like, BJ? Uh, it's so funny that the way the game played out tonight had the yeah. had the Warriors won, I would have said Mavericks. But now because 
the Warriors lost the way they right. did, I think the Warriors are going to be pissed off when they play them now. That's literally my exact same logic. Because they won tonight and the Warriors <laughs> blew that lead, I we like the Warriors in this around. one. <laughs> yeah. Dion? I'm taking the Mavericks. You know, that's my team. Hey, if they beat them at their place, I don't see why they would lose at home. So, I know it's two games in the – I think they have a game in between them, but I th- I'm taking the Mavs. Yeah, Warriors kind of average without Draymond. Still, yeah, like, and Clay good. was gone too. Clay's still out too, which is weird. Mm-hmm. Kind of mid. All right, game number four, Bulls at the Hawks. Um, do they play every week? Do I know, bro. I, I, bro, I was I the same thing. Like, we did this game like 10 times already. I love I it. Yes. I absolutely love it. It's <laughs> like giving us a whole playoff series in the in the regular season. They just All right, you know like what? This... I'm sick and tired of you guys criticizing the five games of the week. Oh, no, you know I'm not, no, 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 no. I'm not you can just put it in my suggestion box, okay? I love this game. I like it a lot. I just say, like, how many times can they play against each other? <laughs> I know, I'm, not, I'm not actually mad. Um <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm trying to get all the teams in there. Like I'm trying, I feel like we've had to like pick the same team like twice a week and I'm trying to like spread it out as much as possible, mm-hmm. but I'm with you. I mean, I feel like we have picked this game like at least two other times and <laughs> maybe every time all I've, the COVID games, all the COVID yeah, maybe, games, yeah, maybe <laughs> like, again, they play I mean, they're games. already there. So just play again. Um, yeah. Uh, Dion, where are we at? Dion, who do you like? Uh, like I said earlier, the Hawks are going to heat up. I think this is going to be a really good turning point, and I think they're going to take this game. Nah, I like the Bulls all the way. Fair. EJ? Yeah, I'm going to roll with the Bulls in this one, too. It's going to be tough in Atlanta, but I'm going to roll with the Bulls. Ooh, this is going to be a defining week. I, yeah. th- I, took the, I took the other team in the last two. Let's get it. For all those reasons, you know what? To make the interest the week more spicy, I'm taking the Celtics. I'm taking back my Grizzlies pick, and I'm taking <laughs> the Celtics. Hey, you did it to yourself, dude. I did. <laughs> I'm gonna one thousand percent gonna regret that. All right, <laughs> number five. <laughs> I'm, do it. I'm doing it because I think that is the only game we all agree. Couldn't live with so. your failure. So where is that brought you back to? <laughs> back to me. <laughs> but you guys better be prepared because if the Celtics do win that game somehow, <laughs> I will lose my shit. <laughs> the amount of BS I'm going to rain down on our group chat is going to be out of control. You better, if the Celtics win, you better turn off your phone. All right. <laughs> game number five Sixers at the Heat. And this game is heat, uh, pun intended. And as much as I hate it, give me the Sixers. Oh, absolutely. I still don't have a ton of faith in the heat. Of They are the number one seed, but I kind of just consider them in the middle of the pack in terms of like teams in the Eastern Conference, even though they are first right now and they have earned that. But right this second, I think the Sixers might be a better team than them. And so I'm taking the Sixers. Heat are really good at home, but I think the Sixers are probably more motivated at this point in time. So give me the Sixers. BJ? I like the Heat. I like the Heat at home. I think it'll be – I think that'll be a really good game in terms of, like, two contrasting styles. Like, it's going to be physical for sure, but I want to see them in Miami. Because you know don't, – don't, don't sleep on this – James Harden is going to go out the night before he's in Miami. So, (laughs) 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 
I mean, James Harden seems immune to that. I mean, he's been like, he's dropped like 50 point triple doubles hungover. Like, <laughs> that's, that's fair. I mean, sorry, I, interview I cannot, where, I can't argue with your logic. He said he was at an interview, he was at like a, a meeting with Lil Baby and Lil Dirk at 3 a.m. in the morning, and he just went to practice straight from there. So I, if yeah. he can do that, I can, he can do anything. Dedication. <laughs> That's dedication. He stayed up all night just to listen to them, like, make music. And Not talking rap, about practice. Just to <laughs> exactly. Talking about practice. Not a game. Uh, I'm taking the game. Sixers. I am. I'm a, I'm a full believer in the process. Trust the process. And they're going to take this game. Bro, the process died when they traded Ben Simmons. Come on, no, now. the process, process they, the, the the process is there. He created Bro, the Joel Embiid is the only one left. <laughs> he created it. He created the process. Nah, Damn it! The whole the whole thing about trust the process was just be patient, and now they blew it up. So no, nah, they they were they were patient for long enough. That's fine. I disagree. All right, let's go out of bounds real quick. Really quick question. I hope you put some thought into it. I did. <laughs> I'm excited to hear your answer. <laughs> um. Here's my hypothetical. If they made a, sorry, when they make a movie about the Dagger podcast, who do you, who, two different questions. Who do you want? What actor do you want to play you? And who do you think will actually play you? Dion, who do you want to play you in that movie? And who actually plays you? Mine is completely like fantasy because it'll never happen for, for one reason and one reason only. I'm black. And the guy I wanted to play me is Adam Driver. <laughs> no shot, bro. <laughs> You're going to get Adam Driver canceled. I absolutely love Adam Driver. Like, he's my favorite actor. So that's, that's my wish. He's a good actor. <laughs> I love him. He's a good actor. <laughs> That's the hottest okay. take of the I night. Gotta I gotta get Will Ferrell to play me. <laughs> Bro, in a segment we had specifically hot takes, that's the hottest take of the night. <laughs> and I love it. I love it. I love it, though. I love it. I love Adam Driver. I, 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 I love it. I love it. <laughs> this dude trying to get Adam Driver canceled for taking that role. <laughs> All right, who do you think actually plays you then? I feel like Childish Gambino would be a good fit for me. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. I see I that. Like, I, 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 I love Donald Grover. Yeah, he has to be. Yeah, how do you not like him? Yeah. Man can do it all. Okay, Absolutely. I see that. VJ, who do you want to play you in the movie about the dagger, and who do you think actually plays you? I think if I had to choose somebody, I'd choose Jaden Smith, uh, Will Smith's son. I think he got a lot okay. of charisma. Um, I, I just think it will, it will work out. Um, yeah. But who would actually play me? I swear Dion is spying on me because I, <laughs> I also had Childish Gambino playing me. Um, Damn. I don't know what's up. But yeah. 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 But if I had to choose a white dude to play, <laughs> you know, um, who is that? Give me John Cena. Give me John Cena. Let John Cena. Play. <laughs> John Cena. <laughs> oh, damn. 
That's too funny. <laughs> what you got, TC? I want to hear you. Um, yeah, what you got, I mean, I know for a fact this guy's not available, unfortunately. Well, who would I want to play me would actually be Chris Farley. I would want Marquette Chris Alone. Farley. Yes, no, sir. Marquette. I love Chris Farley. Um, we do have some physical resemblances as well. Um, but who would actually play me? Probably Jonah Hill. I could, I could see that. Both Probably Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill is pretty funny. Yeah, I would be okay yeah. with that. <laughs> it would be so fucking funny. Yeah. I really hope this ha- this actually happens. Yeah. Then I want Seth Rogen. <laughs> <laughs> Seth Rogen would be yes. okay too. Yes. I can see that. For me though. <laughs> Dude, one time I had this girl tell me that I looked exactly like Seth Rogen. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Did you have a beard at all? What you were tripping. <laughs> oh, that reminds me too. I had another girl tell me I looked exactly like Tom Cruise. And I'm like, you should be drug tested. You should be drug tested. <laughs> like She's like, well, not like in anything else, but like kind of in the face. I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh, no, no <laughs> shot. Do I look anything like Tom Cruise? Actually, I can see a Word. little bit. Shut up. No, you don't. The hair and everything. Yeah. Like, I appreciate you. but no. <laughs> I, I really don't see it at all. <laughs> but I mean, now I'm thinking about Seth Rogen. Maybe yeah. Seth Rogen's even better than Joe. Seth Rogen would be amazing. Yeah. Wait, have y'all seen? I, this is off topic. Have y'all seen the scene in the movie? I forget what movie it is, but this guy, um, they're in a coffee shop, and the guy from the office, Craig Robertson, he's a barista, and he's talking to somebody, and this guy comes in and orders, um, can Zach I get and me. coffee black? And then he goes, can you see me talking white? <laughs> have you seen that scene? That's, you that's, that, that, that is Zach and Miri. Zach, Zach and Mary. <laughs> I love that movie. Oh, that movie was so funny. Cool. So, DJ, who, who I could see playing you. Black? Who's, who's the guy from Get Out? That's who I could see playing you. Uh, Kaluuya. The main Michael. actor? Yeah. Oh, Daniel. Uh, Daniel. Yeah. Daniel Kaluuya. something. Yeah. Kaluuya, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, that's, that's not bad. I could see yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. I was okay. thinking John Boyega, too, for me. Or even Jordan Peele. I could see Jordan Peele playing DJ. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! I can see that for sure. Yeah, that feels spot on. I don't even know what to do with Dion. Dion's whitewashing himself in this movie, so. (laughs) (laughs) Adam Driver, baby. (laughs) He's my favorite actor. Okay, in my in my my perfect world, I will be him. Dion, it is still Black History Month, and you're whitewashing yourself in this movie. No, I'm about to tell you. I was I was looking at the dude. Uh, what's his name? Jason something Williams, the guy from Everybody Hates Chris. Oh, Tyler James oh, Williams. Yeah, that, exactly him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was thinking him, but then I went with Charles Gambino because I like him a lot. Yeah, you guys have the same similar haircut too. I like that. Mm-hmm. All right, if you guys are listening to this, know that we appreciate you. We really do. Be sure to hit us up on social media at the Dagger Podcast. Interact with us. Let us know what's going on. Who do you see playing us in the dagger, the movie, the motion picture <laughs> experience in IMAX and 3D this I'll summer? I mean, most of you guys haven't even seen us. So, I mean, I'm, I'm curious. Based on my, based on our voices, who do you think plays us? Yeah. Just, uh, let us That's know. That's a good question, actually. Yeah. Mm. Real talk. Yeah.
but we appreciate you guys. We will catch you guys next time. Go <laughs> oh, Adam Driver. <laughs> I knew I knew you guys were gonna kick up. <laughs> That's funny. I was waiting for it the really whole time. Good, though. He's really good. <laughs> I absolutely love him in every movie. In every Bro, movie. he tried so hard to carry those Star Wars movies hey, on his back. Hey, I love those movies just because of him. <laughs> He's my favorite. He's my favorite Star Wars character. Nothing could make me like those movies, but Adam Driver came close. <laughs> In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and and there's a there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 weight loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to awaken180weightloss.com.